Welcome to the Empathetic Marketer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Matt Marukian uh, from Apex Analytics. Matt, it's really nice to have you on. Thanks for inviting me. Excited for the show. Hopefully, I say something smart. Oh, I'm sure you will. It'll be really fun to be here and uh, be chatting about marketing. Yeah. So, Matt, tell me a bit about yourself, about your company, and what you're up to these days. I am the director of marketing at Apex Analytics and director of marketing, super broad title. And really what I focus on is product collateral, product messaging, and then content, primarily in the form of webinars or reports that kind of speak to our audience or speak to some of our benefits and what we think our audience is interested in. And our company, Apex Analytics, been around for over 30 years in the accounts payable recovery audit space. And we, for the past eight years or so, we've been selling supplier management software. And really, it is software to manage tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of suppliers, all the different compliance requirements across the globe. And a couple of months ago, KKR, large uh, private equity firm, they actually invested us in July. So you know, we're getting really busy and it's an exciting time to be part of Apex. Nice. I love it. So let's dive right in and talk about marketing, content channels, all that stuff. So what sorts of channels are you guys focused on in terms of building an audience and marketing? And where are you seeing results and success right now? Prior to COVID, there was channels called the trade shows and trade shows and in-person channels. So those are coming back. We were just at a trade show today and had a workshop. And you have an in-person workshop with 20 people. It's not a huge workshop, but it's interaction for a couple hours. Talk, we were talking about a benchmark report and how to turn an AP uh, department into a profit center. So we definitely like to leverage as much as can in in-person events so people can face-to-face connections. And especially now, I think people are interested in that. And then we think of online social media, particularly LinkedIn. We post from our company, but we also try to really post organically. And then we do a lot of different ads. And we try to promote content that we create ourselves and then also content that we get from analysts. We like to share reports from analysts because our audience always indicates that they find those reports interesting. One key reason we share reports from analysts is we have a little form on our website that says, you know, how'd you hear about us? And 31% say analysts, a couple of different analyst firms. Hey, you like analysts? You like what they're saying? A lot of times they say positive things about Apex. So here's the report. Here it is. Don't give us your email. Just here's the report. In-person events. And then also LinkedIn has been beneficial over the past couple of years. We also do kind of Webinars, it's not like a channel, but our, our CRM who would come to our webinars. We just announce it as an internal channel. Absolutely. A lot of different channels, a lot of different stuff going on. You got in-person events, webinars, all this stuff. How do you plan the content for each channel? Uh, do you think of it in terms of stages of the funnel and types of content or just general buyer challenges, pain points? Like, What does that planning process look like? I don't think about it as stages of the funnel. I really think about it, one, going back to what does our audience actually care about? I'm not a huge top of the funnel, middle of the funnel. I don't think of things that way. 
I kind of think of it as what is our audience and our audience may be different. Our audience is procurement, accounts payable, master data management. They want to hear from their peers. They want to hear from analysts. And they also want to hear any types of data points. There's some, usually the data points are coming from analysts. And so I look at those pieces of content that I think are compelling. And when we think of peers, it's our clients and getting them to tell their story. And however we can tell the story, whether it's in a webinar or live stream via LinkedIn, or even just the video testimonial, we want to tell it however we can in as many ways that we can. So when I go to planning, we always do have some sort of webinar component, maybe like one or two a month. They may be with associations or maybe with, uh, you know, for our internal audience. And then thinking about the content, it really is, I don't think of it like a 12-month strategy. It's more like paying attention to what's happening today. And it's something coming out that we want to license from an analyst and then make sure that everyone in our audience knows about this or, you know, and waiting for those topical pieces of content. So that's how, that's how I kind of look at it. And a lot of it really has to do with trying to tell good client stories and then getting those clients that feel comfortable to continue telling that story to different audiences. Because you have a webinar with one association, you have a trade show with another, they're all different groups. And they're, you know, you're going to hit, you need someone to tell a story a couple of different times. So just trying to find that client, one who wants to participate and wants to evangelize what they're doing. And we're just a component of that. We want to find the stage for them as much as possible. So long-winded answer. No, I love it. And when it comes to actually working on all this content, what does the team look like for this? Is it all internal? Are you leveraging agencies? What's that production component look like when you're creating all this stuff? Our marketing team, we have about 10 people and it's split between a couple different groups. We have a product marketing, content writer. We also have a video producer. And then we have people focused on live events and also kind of Salesforce or marketing ops. Let's just say when we're creating webinars, we usually try to leverage a relationship with an association in, in our market. One, one great one is IOFM creating a webinar for their audience. So, you know, they have a largely finance and accounts payable audience. So we try to craft a story that is good for that audience. We do 20 to 30 webinars a year. It's a lot, but if you have clients that love you, it really makes it so much easier. And so I have to thank everyone who's been with the company for years to get these clients to love us then it's not as hard as you think. Because if you're thinking about webinars, you think, oh, you want to tell their story. There's a couple of great frameworks to tell stories. And one is Pixar. It's just, you know, what was everyone doing? What was the event? Because of this event, what changed and what changed and until what is now? Um, so if you take their story and put it in that kind of framework, you just ask a bunch of questions. You can iron out, you know, eight slides and then the client, you know, they're just telling their story. You're just prompting them of, oh, what was happening around four years ago? And then they kind of go into it and they don't feel like it's work. And that's kind of the important thing when you're using clients' time. We try to create a formula 
But after we have the webinar, we do cut up uh, the webinar into a couple of clips. And then we try to either run ads or we do targeting of specific companies that are in our funnel. Just trying to make sure that people are seeing some content or thought leadership with our clients. They may know who we are, they may not. Then we also you know, cut it up and turn it into an audio version of a podcast for everyone who's not there you know, real time. And then you can go to the website and watch every single webinar for the past three years. And I'm a firm believer in not collecting people's email addresses. Just if they want to watch it, let them watch it. Not a lot of people fill out email forms to watch webinars from a year ago. So you got this machine going, you got 20, 30 webinars a year, you got events, you got all the content, all the production there. A couple thoughts with that, you know, kind of end to end. First, how do you drive engagement with the event and actually get attendance and, you know, people attending that webinar? And then on the other end of it, how do you move those that have attended or shown up to actually become pipeline? So maybe two parts there. One, if you don't have an audience, we have a, we had a webinar last month that we had 125, 150 people on the webinar attending live. I personally think is great and it's a perfect number. And so we can do that right now by just sending out two or three emails. But the most important thing about getting that audience is making sure the copy is good, making sure the content is good. That webinar was specifically about data for procurement. Data is really important for our audience, or we've seen the different webinars with different pieces of content with data, whether it's AP data, benchmark data, cross procure to pay or procurement. You know, it just attracts more eyeballs. So give people what they want. And so we try to make sure the content's good. And when we're having a webinar internally or eternally promoted, And then when we want to branch out to different associations, the pandemic really, that's when we started ramping up webinars. So we worked with 15 to 20 different associations over the past two years. And some of them had different results, different audiences. And you start to kind of see, oh, if we invest in this association, we'll have more eyeballs or we'll have more titles because you could have a hundred people, but they're all your clients. And so there's not going to be net new clients, but you want to make sure that you're trying to get outside of your current audience. So it's always trying to find new audiences with associations or trade shows. And there's a lot more popping up because of LinkedIn and you know shift to virtual, but we definitely rely on those associations we've been working with over the past couple of years and they've been super beneficial. So that was a long answer for the first part. The second part is handing off to ADRs to contact people who've attended the webinar. What we do is after we have the webinar, we really just list out any of the talking points that were important during the webinar. Because our sales team may not be able to watch the webinar. A lot of them watch every single one of them. But what are the big jump out compelling talking points? And if someone in the uh, during the live stream asks questions, we make sure all this information is just handed off to that person, that right contact, so they can follow up with them and talk to them like they were part of the webinar. 
I think what gets really kind of uncomfortable or awkward, and I see this happen, uh, I might request someone to talk and then three days later, they don't, it's not like they're responding to my request. And so just kind of a seamless handoff is what we try to do. We put a lot of effort into that and it's multiple people. It sounds really easy, but to do it, you really need to leverage your CRM, make sure you're handing off everything really orderly and with the information to have the right conversation with them. And the right conversation may be, oh, here's uh, the information you may need. We'll talk when, when you have any other questions. It's not, let's set up a demo right away. It depends on each person. That's the goal. We don't want to harass anyone. We want to give the clients or the viewers all the information they are interested in. And we believe at some point they'll come and want to talk to us about our solution. I like that. So you partner up with different associations and find pools of people that will bring you net new accounts and and people and all this. And then you kind of go through this process of either the webinar, the live event and all this, and then really track who attends, who shows up, you know, who's like being a part of that. And then kind of one-to-one with the sales team go through and figure out, okay, how do we follow up with this person? What kind of approach is there to whatever makes most sense for them and helps them best? Yeah, you said it much more simplified than I did. But yeah, that's that's exactly what we're doing. We just want to make sure if someone's coming to a webinar and sitting on it live, it's for an hour. Most people stay the whole time. There's some reason, whether it's some issue that they have that they aren't trying to address right now, or you know they're interested in a topic, or they have a problem. We've seen several times where you had one company and there'll be 12 people on the webinar. And the reason why 12 people from a company come to a webinar is because there's some problem that the whole entire team is focused on and solving. Our solutions, particularly our software solution, really impacts multiple different teams within an organization. And so it's a long sales cycle. There's lots of different stakeholders. So when we see that, it's pretty interesting. And so we just want to make sure we hand off all that information to the right contact. So it's just orderly, I guess, is the simple way to say it. So when you create the content then from the webinar, so you you said you cut it up into some collateral and different clips and all that, is that then to promote the next webinar? Like, where does that content play a role in all this? Or is it to get additional exposure on LinkedIn and ads and all that stuff? What purpose does that content serve? Yeah, yeah. So definitely it is we run ads with that content to promote it post live event. We'll target a little bit. We're trying to target certain companies, but most of the time it is just want to promote to our wide audience on LinkedIn. And something that we also do is we'll take clips, you know, it could be 30 seconds, 50 seconds, and they'll be in presentations. So our sales team may use that soundbite or that video clip in an hour-long conversation, just saying, hey, I really want you to hear what our customer said in this webinar about a month ago. I'll send you the link to the whole webinar, but I can't say it as good as our customers here, just listen to this. And that's really effective. 
It's something that we probably should be doing more often, but we definitely try to capture those. And a lot of times it might just say, do you have anything for this? And it might be a little one-off, but it's well worth it trying to move clients from stage to stage. Absolutely. Well, as we're wrapping up here, what's next for you guys? What are you thinking about? What are maybe some of the challenges that you're actively solving and what gets you excited about for the future? I said we had about 10 people in the marketing team. We're hiring six more. So we're in growth mode right now. And anyone listening, we're hiring an art director, product marketing, partner marketing, marketing operations. Please go to our website. And that's just in marketing. And there's plenty other roles. I think we have 50 roles listed at our company. And we're a company of about I think 450 right now. So we're definitely growing and hiring people is becoming, it's never been easy, but the job market's a little different these days, but also when you're doing so much activity, interviewing people, making sure you find that right person that's going to fit in the role and grow and thrive, you know, it, it takes time and energy and it distracts you from, hey, we got to create this webinar, promote and so sometimes things get super focused and say no to some other activities or tasks that aren't as a higher priority. But we're full-blown trying to hire more talented marketers so we can promote our products and really promote what our clients have been doing for the past 30 years. So that's a big obstacle ahead of us right now. I love it. Well, hey, Matt, this has been amazing to have you on. Thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom and insights. Thank you, Brad. I really appreciate it. I'm on LinkedIn. If anyone wants to reach out, happy to chat anytime. Absolutely.